Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. And welcome to another beautiful Sunday morning. Um, this evening, sorry, this morning, I want to show you guys a scripture um, from John, John 10, 9. Now, before Christ came, there were many names people could call God by. But there was just one name they couldn't enter because they could never conceive him in that, in that light. Um, can anybody suggest what is the name? Father, everybody knew God as a creator. They knew him as a warrior. They knew him as a mighty man of valor. They knew him as the one who parted the Red Sea with the blast of his nostrils. They knew him as the one who brought them out of Egypt without them lifting a sword. They knew him by many things and by many names. But they don't know him by the Father. It takes a son to know a father. And that is what Jesus says. He said, I am the gates. Whoever enters through me will be saved. In King James' translation, he said, I am the door. Guys, listen to me this morning. There's a door he opened. He opened the door to the fatherhood of God. He opened the door for you to see God as your father. And in Revelation, he says, the door I open, no one can shut. Today, more than anything else, don't let your imperfect experience with your earthly father alter your perception of the one that is a fa- perfect father. Don't let that. Your dad is human. He may, not, he may have failed in some areas, but if God says, I will do it, he will do it. His word is here and Amen. So stand by the word. Don't forget in this season, God has been changing our diet as the the tribe for the last three months. And Spiff, you should be in that class. So the next class, sign. Right? There's some people I think you need to be in that class. And don't you too and drop out too because there's no dropout in this one. You finish or you you carry over enter that class. But trust me, stay on it. Uh, We built on the foundation of love and God's acceptance of us. But that is not all there is. We are not having to understand faith because the adventures of our faith is the exploit of the first century. God is inviting us to go up on mountains and do things for him. But if you don't understand the dimension of your responsibility of sonship, you will never take any mountain for God. Right, so this morning we are privileged and blessed to have a mentor, role model, and friend, um, Pastor John. Pastor John is with us this morning. Please celebrate him. Um, um, I, I remember a, a friend of mine, um, Didi Unali, told me about apostles in the marketplace, and I went to I went for a program. It was really about teaching you how to be a marketplace kingdom citizen. That was the first time in in Nigeria in my life that I experienced a content designed to cater to that. So we know how to be Christians in church, but many of us don't know how to be Christian in corporate Nigeria. That's a different ballgame. By the time you enter the kickback world, you'll be thinking, God, where do we go from here? So you can, you can enjoy the Sunday service, but the reality wakes up when we go out. And God used him to start a movement, and it's still part of ongoing now. And I recommend it for anyone here. If you're in entertainment, how can you stand on the principles of God and not drown when the fame comes? Will, the, will, you, will you be still standing if you experience the fame? If you make your first one billionaire deal, are we going to see you? Or you now start streaming from Dubai? You know, and then you start thinking, well, I don't think we're going to contain Corona. We might just as well be in Dubai. But Corona goes everywhere. Right? So, safety is not is not where you run to. It's the presence of God. 
Amen. That's where safety is. So, guys, ladies and gentlemen, it's an honor and privilege to welcome Pastor John. Let's make welcome. Let's rise and receive Pastor John. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. Please, you can have your seats. Have your seat. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I hope you can hear me. Okay. Huh? You can't, you can't hear me at the back. You can hear me now. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're still morning. Um, thank you, Pastor Ferdinand. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We commit the service, which is already ongoing, into your hands. We ask you to lead us, instruct us, teach us. Have your way among us. Magnify yourself in our midst this morning. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Well, um, thank you for the invitation. I don't know where to start, but I'm going to start somewhere. Um, I know that the, we have a theme Maybe I'll start from the scripture that was quoted here this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeped upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. This scripture speaks about the origin of life on earth the creation of man the beginning of man and I usually like to call this um, first principles for those people that did mathematics or further mathematics I mean I'm not a mathematician but I finished from secondary school 35 years ago and so I did additional mathematics and I know that's the only time in school secondary school when I had the concept, first principles. I don't even remember what they said they meant. But I've never forgotten, right? Um, those things, certain things create impressions on you. I remember many years ago when I was in class one, because I didn't do JS1, because JS1, the first pioneers of JS1 were in class three when I was in class five. So they said, I still remember them. But in class one, I remember, I remember being in an integrated science class many, many years ago. And the teacher came in and wrote the word catalyst. And he said the catalyst is a substance that initiates a chemical reaction but is not consumed in the process. That's all he said. That's all I heard. I didn't know what it meant, but I remember that, right? So there are things you remember. But so I remember first principles. I may not be able to explain it, but I understand it. I understand it. It means fundamental. Okay. So let's go back to Matthew 19. Matthew 19 want us to go on a journey. 
um, Pastor Ferdinand tried to give me an idea of how the service could be. So let's see how we flow. Matthew 19, in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed him and healed them there. Verse 3, the Pharisees also came unto him. I'm reading, by the way, I'm reading from the King James Version. So you have the New King James, which is great. So essentially the same thing. And, and of course, assume, even though assumption is a very low form of knowledge, I assume you know the reason why we have different versions of the Bible. So before I go further, maybe I should ask, because it's an interactive service. So why, how come there are so many versions? When I went to school, they had editions, they didn't have versions of biology. When I went to school, because in the era in which I grew up, we had larger families, so they knew when you were in class, somebody has done that course before you. So they say, don't bring your brother's biology textbook by the modern, by the most current edition. So they use edition, but the Bible doesn't have edition, it has versions. So why do we have so many versions of the Bible? Because of translation. So what's translation? From one language into another. Excellency, that's why you're the pastor. Because if you didn't do that, you have to resign today. Okay, so the reason we have versions of the Bible is that every version of the Bible is an attempt by one person or a group of people to translate the scriptures from the original language in which it was written to a known language today. Okay, so you have the New Living Translation. I don't know if you know that the origin is actually done by one man. Actually, the Living Translation. New Living was done by a group of people. New Living Translation was done by one man just to help the daughter read the Bible. And then, and it was so modern that they had to then work with, with um, what you call a group of people. Now, the King James Version was authorized by King James. So that's why it's called the authorized version. Not that it's authorized by God, but it was by King James, right? Okay, so, and the New King James, and the reason, one of the reasons why the King James is so powerful or so widely accepted, it also has its issues, but we're not going there today at all, right? And one of the reasons why it's very widely accepted is because it's a, it's a translation of the Bible that is almost taught by thought. Remember, translation from one language to the other can be sentence by sentence, word by word, thought by thought. So if you go from English to Igbo or from Igbo to English or Yoruba, you can use, you can do it. So the, the scholars were very thorough, okay? But so I'm using King James Version. Um, my wife doesn't like me reading that. I say it's old version. Get something modern, right? But I grew up in my Christian faith. I got saved as a teenager on a university campus, and praise the Lord. Yeah. I went to Ife. Um, I finished, I went to a unity school, finished, and then in 1985, and went to Ife. I turned 16 on campus. So, you know, because Ife had no, it doesn't have age limit, so it can come at 14 and those kind of things. So, when I got saved, I got saved on campus, and um, the people that preached to me is King James the Red. So I grew up with King James, and um, I read many versions, but I say those things to give you a contest, a contest to what I'm reading today. But let me go back to Matthew 19, verse 3. And the Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Father, I can be reading from here, praise God. <laughs> verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read... 
that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. Jesus quoted Genesis verse one, chapter 1 verse 26 where I just read. He quoted Genesis 1 26 and then in verse 5, in, in verse five of this passage he said, and says for this cause shall a man leave father and mother he's quoting another passage in Genesis 2.24 and be joined to his wife or cleave to his wife and the two or twin shall be one flesh wherefore there are no more twin or two but one flesh what therefore God has joined together let no man put asunder these scriptures are so fundamental that I can't I, I mean if I have the opportunity if I meet you for the first time and I were to start to share the gospel with you or to whether you're a Christian, we are just sharing scriptures. I'm almost almost compelled to go, go to this passage. And I'll tell you why this morning. The reason is because fundamental means fundamental. Primary means primary. They have early child education today. I know there may be some educators here. And then they have primary school. Primary. Primary. Primary school. Where is primary school? Primary. Basic. Then in addition to basic, fundamental. It's not only basic, it's fundamental. If you go, if you gain an education without primary education, you'll be defected all your life. You have some defect. And I can prove it to you. There are people with very high level IQ, very educated, very sound, that struggle with their tenses because of primary school. Tenses. They still struggle, he has those things. Because of their tenses, even those who do mathematics, if you don't do your times table, if you skip it, it will affect you a little bit. So when they say one times one, two, or one times one, one, two times one, and it sounds like it's funny, but those things are so fundamental. The reason primary is primary because it's basic, it's fundamental. So Jesus is dealing with fundamental things here. He says in verse 7, they said to him, why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? Why? And they said to him, why did, verse 8, he said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives but from the beginning that's first principles that's where I'm headed to from first principles it was not so so when you discuss this what we are talking about here is the original intent in the heart of God so I want to ask you this morning why were you created why are you on this earth why are you Nigerian is fundamental, it's basic. It's extremely important that you attempt to answer those questions because you might never truly be fulfilled except you have certain levels of understanding because you're always going to be getting something. If you live life by pursuit, if, for example, it's important to you what your neighbor has, you will never be satisfied because there will always be a neighbor that has a little more than you throughout your life. If you're the richest man, you'll be on a rat race to maintain being number one because people are going to be making money anyway. So if your life is influenced by what's happening around you in a major way, but not necessarily in a positive way, you're going to be under pressure. Pressure. I don't want to jump ahead of myself because of time, but you know, when I don't know where it was, whether it's where I'm coming from, where I am, but you know, God made a promise to Abraham. Just, just, just to throw that out there. And for 25 years, the man didn't have a child. And yet his whole destiny 
was dependent on having a son. Because the promise he received cannot make sense except he has a son. And yet for 25 years, so it just occurred to me, I was sitting in the class this morning, it just occurred to me, how many people would have left Abraham? No, it was here while I was kneeling down, actually. That, that thought came to me. I, how many people would have left Abraham and said, this guy is too slow? Within those 25 years, I said, you, you have this promise. Not, not much is going on. This company is not doing well. But let's come back here. Why do I consider this scripture fundamental? Because they're asking Jesus a question. He said, is it lawful for a man to put away his life for every cause? Okay, so why are they asking that? Why are they asking that? Well, the reason they're asking that is because marriage has always been a touchy issue. And we're going to touch a bit of that here and there. So people are, what they're really saying in modern language, like, if my wife cannot cook a goosey soup, can I put her away? If the mom, my mother-in-law is just harassing me, can I, can, there are all kinds of reasons. And he said to them, listen, have you never read have you never read? Have you never read? It means that those that, that don't read will have a tendency to ask stupid questions. Because when you are young, they teach you to read. But when you grow old, you read to learn. When you are growing up, you learn to read. But after you finish from school, you read to learn. So if you stop reading, you are just an educated illiterate, right? Now, I'm not trying to be hard or harsh. I'm just going to say, he said, didn't you read? Don't you read? Don't you read books? Don't you read the Bible? He's just saying, read, read. If you read, you might not always understand everything you read, but you'll be better off for it. Okay? So have you never read that he that made them at the beginning made them male and female? That's important. Okay? So let me pause there for a moment and reflect. He made them male and female. He made them male and female LGBTQ is that correct? is that LGBTQ? the, la the latest one is queer Q right? because I, I have to keep up LGBTQ plus they even gone further than that right? okay so I don't know what, what you are I don't know what your position is there's so much I don't know about life I'm not claiming to know a lot but this scripture makes me sin. He made them male and female. Now, how do I relate with the modern world? I don't know. But I'm just, but I, but first, I know where, I, I have an understanding. He made them male and female. But do you know why God emphasized that and Jesus emphasized that in this passage? Because of the 21st century. Because he knew a time will come when that will be debated. So he made sure it was there, male and female. That's fundamental. Then he said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So, a man shall leave father and mother and be joined to his wife. It's interesting that Jesus didn't say to a wife. He said to his wife. So I know that relationship, see whether how far we can go there. But these scriptures are so fundamental because he said from the beginning it was not so. That means the concept, the precept of original intent. There was something in the heart of God 
when God created the earth. He didn't have to create the earth. He didn't have to do anything. But he chose to. What was on his heart? What was on the heart of God? Why did God create the earth? Wait, to understand why God created the earth, you have to understand, you have to first consider why God made man. Because the earth was made for man, not man for the earth. The earth is actually an environment that man should function in. So the original intent in the heart of God was man, not earth. He just created an enabling environment that man can function in once he's put there. So he did all the work until he came to the sixth day. Then he said, let us create man or make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the rest of the earth. So what, what, why did God create the earth? Well, because of time, I'll give us a clue. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. This was the heart of Jesus' prayer. Thy kingdom come. Pray after this manner. Pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God created the earth as a prototype of heaven. The way man was created as a prototype of God. That as God rules over the universe, that man will rule over the earth. That's why God created the earth. He wanted to have things that look like him. That function on earth the way he functions in heaven. No, so look at the advancements of human society. All our advancement is just approaching heaven. We have doors that open of their own accord. In heaven, doors just open. How long did it take us to discover those doors? Okay, so in heaven, there's constant supply of light, power. There's no darkness. So, how do we determine how do we define advanced countries? Lights, power supply. In my father's house, there are many mansions. What makes a man wealthy? He said he lives in a mansion. But before the man was born, there were mansions in heaven. So, the God put us on this earth. That through our lives, through our obedience, that heaven, that earth will approach heaven. But we are, we are now millions, billions around the world. So, each of us must find our place in God. And the question is how? So let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Somebody praise the Lord. Verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. When I first read this passage, I don't know when, but when I first read it, the impression I got that before he formed, he formed Jeremiah. He knew Jeremiah. So, I just understood it, but then I came to understand a little differently. Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before he formed Jeremiah, he knew Jeremiah. And then I came to understand the concept of pre-mortality. The fact that we exist before we exist. Does that make sense? Okay, so I failed. By the way, when I started, I, I'm sorry, I came with at least one person, one of the leaders from my church, from my ministry, um, Brother Steve. I acknowledge you. Thank you very much. I, I always forget to do those things. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Okay, but before I formed thee, 
I knew the. I have some friends in the house also, and it was one of the friends in the house that helped. Because she just said to me, "My church says they've been inviting since last year. You haven't come." I said, "Which church is that?" I said the tribe. So which one is the tribe? I said, "Is it Pastor Ferdinand?" I said, "Yes." I said, "He's not telling the truth, though." We had a conversation, and he said, when you are in Nigeria, I don't live in Nigeria, not because I'm running from problems, no. <laughs> and I will, I will explain that to you, you'll understand it. It has to do with marriage. Okay, I don't, there are so many things I can say, but you know, I'm regulated by time, but I'll come back. So we, we had a conversation that when you're in Nigeria, he doesn't want to buy my ticket to come. <laughs> that's, the, that's what... That's the plain truth. He said, when you are in Nigeria, that is when somebody has paid the ticket, you will drive them to church. I said, ah, why should I be in a hurry to come? <laughs> he did not accept full responsibility. So, I have to attend to those who have brought me to Nigeria. <laughs> but, okay, so I don't forget. The reason I'm, I live abroad is that this is my 20th year in marriage. So, eight years ago, my wife went to study abroad, do a master's program, and finish, which was a nine-month program, and finished the program and said, mm, I just want to do OPT. Some of you will know OPT. Is it optional professional training or something? You know, I said, okay, the next thing, I want to do a PhD. So, from master's to OPT to PhD. So, my children joined her. After, I was just living by myself. So, I used to visit then after a while, I realized the children reach the teenage years where there's no way she can manage them. So I have to spend more time with them as a family. So I go and come, but I, but I spend time because we have to raise a family together. Okay? So I, did, I don't forget that. But I come back here. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. So I, did, I, thought, I thought I understood, but pre-mortality. So I have a sister that is part of the work that I do. And she said she, has a, she works with Young people, you know, like teenagers. The oldest people will be teenagers. Sometimes they're much younger, preteen years and you know, a few teenagers. And she said, God spoke to her and said, why do people pray to me to have children and I send them from heaven to earth? And they go from earth to hell. If you can't manage the children, why pray for why? desire to have them. So that gave me, that made me to understand that all babies come from heaven. Now, I can't explain it beyond what I know, so don't ask me how. I don't know how. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just giving you a statement of fact. If you say, but if you can't explain it, what makes it a fact? Well, can you explain how water entered into the coconut? Are you able to explain that? You can't explain that. But you take it for granted. But is that, is that not a mystery? coconut and there's coconut juice inside it no so there are many things we can't explain let's not even pretend to be that smart right okay so that made me understand that babies are first spirits before they are human spirits and spirits never die spirits never die spirits are spirits God created time in order to create life on earth. God lives outside of time. He lives in eternity. Eternity is timeless. No beginning, no end. But in order to dimension life on earth, he created time so there was a beginning 
and there is an end. So time is an earthly phenomenon. It's an earthly concept. That, and it's a law. It's called the law of time. It means that all things on earth are subject to the law of time. The moment you're born, you start dying. It's a law of time. Every time, 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 time. Concept of time. But we come from heaven. We are spirits born into this world. We are put into a body. Planted in a womb. And placed in a family. And placed in a nation. And placed on earth. However, God never starts something unless he has finished it. So you will never have been born except your purpose was completed. Because he doesn't start a project he has not finished. It's the nature of God. God only starts. I mean, but it's not difficult to understand. You can't launch a movie that is not finished. So you only launch movies when they are done. So our life is a movie launched by God. It cannot be launched except it was finished. So, the fact of your birth is the proof of your purpose. The fact you were born means that you were born for a reason. Purpose is the reason why something exists. Please, bear with me. Understand the fact that now somebody said purpose. What does it really mean? It means there's a reason for your birth. And I think it's easy. For, this morning, I, we can all agree. We can all agree that if I make the assumption that everybody under the sound of my voice is Nigerian, either because your parents are, it doesn't matter where you are born, that you're in Nigeria, right? So we cannot agree that you're not, you're born Nigerian. And I want to say, you're not a Nigerian by accident. It's one of those choices you can't make for yourself. There are things you're not allowed to choose on earth. You can't choose your parents. You open your eyes and you see them. You can't choose your siblings. You open your eyes. They say, that's your sister, your big sister. That's your brother. You can only choose your friends. And sometimes your enemies will choose you. Because I, I, I don't make enemies, so I don't choose enemies. But some people might choose you. Praise God. There's a purpose for everything. There are laws that govern life on earth. And one of those laws I've already defined. The law of time. All things on earth are subject to time. Another law that governs things on earth is law of purpose. Everything is created for a purpose. Even Pharaoh was created for a purpose. What was the purpose of Pharaoh? To demonstrate the awesomeness of God. Pharaoh's life showed that God is mighty. The horse is created for the day of battle. The horse is the, the only animal that rose towards the sound of battle, not away from it. Even enemies are created for a purpose. Your friends enjoy your strength. Your enemies develop your strength. If you understand life, they show you, they, they emphasize your weakness. If you're wise, you work on it. If you're not wise, you fight them. They, yeah, this, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, stupid. Say, what if you say, wait, don't say it angrily. Why am I stupid? <laughs> so I can understand it. You say, you're stupid because I cheat you. You don't know I'm cheating you. You're stupid. You say, oh, I'm stupid. So, God help me not to be stupid. But in a real sense, your enemies, if they are enemies after you, they keep emphasizing your weakness. And it's, it's, it's a purpose. If you can understand it, you can grow. Some of the most effective people on earth are effective because they keep working on themselves. Nobody's born effective. We become effective. So, 
before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Prematality. It means that God knew Jeremiah. Wow. So let's look at Galatians chapter 1. Very quickly. Galatians, please. I have a challenge. I didn't see any time. Somebody praise the Lord. I have to land somewhere at some point. I'll close somewhere so that if it's possible to take a few questions, as Pastor Ferdinand told me that this is the tribes. It's a modern church. Young people do their own way. When I went to church, you don't ask questions in church. <laughs> if you don't understand why I said that. <laughs> I was born a Methodist. You don't ask questions in church. And then I grew up, you know, in Pentecostalism. Not this type. <laughs> Somebody says, what, what type? But he knows. <laughs> he knows what type. But we are all for change. The only concern in life is change. So it's not a big deal. Praise God. Okay, so let's see. Galatians chapter 1 verse 13. For you have heard of my conversation, my lifestyle. My helpers are not helping me. New, new, new King James Version. He's going to say it differently. You've heard of my conversation in time past in the Jewish religion. How that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Beyond measure. It means that Paul is saying, when I was young, I was born into Judaism and I hated Christianity and I fought against it. I even was on my way to arrest people on my way to Damascus when I got saved. I profited in the Jews' religion, verse 14, above many my equals. My equals means my age mates. Because just like in many parts of the, of the industrialized world, people do things by age, not height, not just age. If you're, if, no matter how smart you are, if you're, if you're seven, all the seven-year-olds are in the same class, normally that's like oh you're so smart you jump classes they don't do that you know so it's all part of our own culture right so i profited in the jewish religion above many my age mates in my own nation being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers so paul was a murderer if you read acts chapter 9 he was going to murder more people he used to take people and commit them to death he was a murderer so he became an ex-murderer because in this verse 15 he said but when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb so this man that was a murderer after his conversion experience realized came to the knowledge that he was separated from the mother's womb what about all the bad things he did that's part of life on earth he didn't become an apostle. What he's saying here, separation is calling. He was called from the mother's womb. What he's saying here is what God said to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before you came forth out of your mother's womb, I separated you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. That statement is, is fundamental. It means that if you enter this earth and you are not a prophet at birth, you will not become on earth. No man can lay hands on you and make you a prophet. They can only train you to prophesy, but not make you a prophet. A prophet is a distinct call from God. If you are not a prophet from God, you can't be from man. You can do the work of a prophet. You can prophesy, you can do stuff. You say, how? 
Just like no man can lay hands on you and turn you from male to female. Just the same way. Just think about it fundamentally. If you are female, you are. What about the world, the operation? They're just trying. They're just trying. It's just conjecturing. Male, female. Okay? So, he said, I was separated from my mother's womb. What that means is that you received a calling before you were born. You were born with distinct things. And somebody might be asking, but what does that mean? Is, does purpose mean the reason for my existence? Does it mean there's only one thing I can do on this earth? No. It just means there's an overriding reason for your birth. So let's think about purpose. Just two, three examples and then we'll move on and find a way to conclude. So, what was Jesus' purpose? Behold the Lamb of God, the sin of the whole world. The reason Jesus was born was to pay the ultimate price for the sin of the whole world. He didn't have to do any wrong. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So it was necessary that the mode of his death involved the shedding of blood. So there was no way Jesus would have died by strangulation. There's no way they would have thrown him down a hill. They tried. It never worked. Because he can't die through that. Because he came to shed his blood that man be saved. So it was necessary that he was nailed on the cross. Because by the nailing, the blood was shed. That's the reason he came. Why was Moses born? Moses was Moses called Moses was drawn out of water. You know the story of Moses. You know the story. You know that Moses' mother was was paid by Pharaoh's daughter to train Moses, right? Just because of circumstances. Moses was born at a time when the commandment was to kill all the male child or boys born to the Israelites and the Jews. And when Moses was born, the Bible says that that his parents saw that Moses was a goodly child and they defiled, they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, when Moses was born, the parents were not afraid of the king's commandment because they saw he was a goodly child. In other words, they saw he was a child of destiny. They can't describe the destiny. They can't understand it. But when they looked at the child, they knew that this child is destined for greatness. And they refused the king's commandment and put Moses in a basket by the water. And Moses was drawn out of the water by Pharaoh's daughter and raised by, Pharaoh, by his mom and was paid wages by the mom to raise Moses for, him, for herself. And then Moses was given back after he was weaned to Pharaoh's daughter. And he grew up in the palace. In Acts chapter 7, the Bible says that Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Moses was very well prepared for his calling. What was his calling? To deliver his people from Egyptian bondage to the promised land. That's the reason he was born. He didn't fulfill it, but he tried. He got them out, but he couldn't get them in. But that's why he was born. It's a long story. What about other people? What about Paul the Apostle? Paul, historically, they said that he had a big brain. Paul was the person that took the gospel of the kingdom for the rest in his lifetime. He took it. It's Paul that brought the gospel to Europe. It was the Protestant Reformation that became the foundation of the Industrial Revolution. The reason why the most developed world is in the, in the European part of the world is because human development has always moved in the direction of Christianity. Check history. So, what's the purpose of your birth? Why are you here? Why are you Nigerian? I can't answer all the questions, but I want to say a few things. Number one, because there's a purpose for your life. Purpose is discovered, not manufactured. Number two, is a work of faith. Is a work of faith. 
everything will come together in your life if you have faith and doubt not. Everything. What must I do? Don't wait for the big bang. You have to live life every day. The just shall live by faith. When it's time for nursery, go to nursery. Kindergarten, primary, just go to school. When it's time to choose your subject, choose anything. Just anything. Yes, just, just choose something that develops you. You're a Christian, just listen for instructions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Of course you pray. Of course you say, what do I have a flair for? I'm going to explain some of those things. What do, I, what do I have a flair for? What don't I have a flair for? Just keep on going. Keep on going. There's no formula for living a successful life on earth. By success, I mean fulfilling the reason why you were born. There's no formula. There are only principles. But the bad things that will happen to you, the good things, ultimately, all things will work together for your good. You have a difficult boss. Don't jump away because you have a difficult boss. You pray. Sometimes God will plant people in your life to develop you. When you jump from them, you delay your own progress. Because there are lessons you must learn in order to be whom you must be. Because you must go through God's process to become God's person. If you skip the process, you skip being the person. Moses went through a wilderness experience because it molded him. He was in a hurry. Why was he in a hurry? Because he said in Acts 7, 7, I thought people will know how to me. God will deliver them. That was his destiny. But he was ahead of his time in a little bit. Okay, but let me pause there. What you must accept is the very fact that you're created for a reason. What you must accept is the fact that you're not a Nigerian by accident. I don't know what it all means, but just accept that God makes no mistakes. Just accept it. Internalize it. Whatever your hand finds to do at all times, do with all your might. Don't be idle. Instead of being idle, work for no money. Just work. Because by working, you develop your own potential. Don't be idle. Just apply yourself to life. Be open to God. God does not take instructions from us. We take instructions from Him. Don't dictate to Him. Listen to Him a whole lot. When you pray, the words you speak to God are not nearly as powerful as the things that God will say to you. So don't brag about how long you talk. Brag about what he told you. I didn't say I'm not making means meet of prayer. But I'm saying that prayer is a two-way conversation. Make sure you listen when you pray. Make sure you're, you're eager to hear what God is saying. Because he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Make it a personal commitment that I'm going to trust God. There will be many reasons why you will not. Many reasons. You can't work only in the natural. Because many times the natural may be opposite of what is going on in the unseen realm. You can't be limited by the limitations of life on earth. You have to learn what it means to trust. So when I made this statement, I say, when it's time to go to school, go to school, go to college, somebody might ask and say, what does that mean? Let me explain this. God can use anything to fulfill the purpose for which you are created. 
But it's also important for you to know there are milestones in life. Okay? So, I have a brother that studied medicine. Medical doctor by training. I use the little I know to explain the much I don't know. Or to understand the much I don't know. So, he's a doctor. He's my immediate elder brother. So, I, I've known him as long as I've lived. So, I saw him go, in other words, I saw him go to college. Um, boarding school, university. I didn't understand what was going on. He studied medicine, so he graduated and was a doctor for a few years. He tells the story better because it's his own story. But I also experienced part of that and it gave me understanding of scripture. He was a doctor for a few years and he didn't like the practice of medicine. In my, so these are my own versions of the story. For example, I'm not sure he even liked the sight of blood, for example. And I'm not sure he liked the concept of being awake at night when people are sleeping and say, you're uncalled it. I don't think he's I don't, I don't like, it's almost like, why, you know, people are sleeping, we should be sleeping too, stuff like that, right? So, he, there were many other reasons. He was, he, way, in his own way, he said I was a restless doctor. And then, through what you might call a stroke of luck, he came to that place where he said, I wanted to change career, but to what? He said, but I had a flair for business. Then he read an article in the paper instigated by one of our sisters and years ago in 19, the 1980s when he was in his 20s he applied to Arthur Anderson then which was one of the big five accounting firms even the way he tells the story he said they questioned what a doctor would be doing in an accounting firm but they said maybe we should try it eventually they recruited him and put him on a career path to become a chartered accountant so that he said if he went to consult maybe you can jump, jump away. Let's put you. And he became a chartered accountant within four years. Even winning national prizes in the process. After four years, he wanted to go to business school. Long story. Ended up at Harvard. Went to school. Graduated with high distinction, which means that he's smart, was well-trained, the grace of God, all kinds of things combined. Many things are combined. High distinction means top 5% of your class. So it can't happen by accident. But at the same time, there are many factors involved, right? Um, hard work and all kinds of things. But he's now, he, he started the premier private equity firm in Nigeria. That means the first, 1997, January 98 to be precise. And they've done investments. They've done well. He's a former minister of industry trade and investment. He's even served in government. He's in business. But he's a doctor. The doctor by his name is medicine. So, I use that to learn something. He's, he says, I have found my calling. He said, I'm an investor. I understand money. Money understands me. He's a pastor. He's an ordained pastor. As I'm talking now, I'm sure he's preaching somewhere right now. That gave me insight. Medicine, business, wide apart. But they were able to meet. Because nothing is impossible with God. Don't be faced. Many of us most of us, all of us are young. You are going through the seasons of life. Many more things are still going to happen. Don't be in a hurry. What should I do with my life? I don't know. But I can give counsel. Be calm. Should I move to Canada? I don't know. But I can give counsel. Pray. Pray about it. Don't move because everybody is moving. Because it won't be long. Some people will move back too. 
the reason I say that is that your life cannot be driven by circumstances. It has to be driven or led by God. The God that rules in the affairs of men. Somebody, but you look at me now and say, Pastor, why are you talking like this? Okay, so I'm rounding up a little bit. Here is what I want to say. I want you to understand that you have to define your personal values. What are you living for? I've told you today, and maybe not for maybe you're not hearing for the first time that you were created on purpose. I've said that. Okay, but the other thing I must tell you is that you have to decide what are your values. I share with you one or two or three values. Number one, if you want to make it with God and in God, your number one value in life should be God. God must be your highest priority. But it's not automatic because you're a Christian. I don't want you to remember, remember this, that disciples were called Christians in Antioch. It's possible today to be a Christian without being a disciple, but it's not possible to be a disciple without being a Christian. Because today we define Christianity as going to church, calling God's name, those kind of things. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory matter. I'm not saying that because I'm good. No, I'm just trying to say, remember, remember that the people that were called Christians were people that were disciples of Christ. Disciple of Christ means they were loyal to Christ. They made the values of Christ their personal values. They were yielded to Christ. They didn't, they, they were the best they didn't always have, you know. I, I know we are different levels, but I'm saying that as you travel this path, even if you're not, make it your path of travel, make it your ultimate priority that God will be your number one value in this life. By, by the time it's all over, that God will be your number one value. Before I talk about one or two more values, let me explain that value. So if you're not, if you're confused, what it means, it's not very difficult to decipher. When I say God must be your number one value, it simply means that when you want to marry, the first question you should ask is God, not handsome or beauty. I didn't say you not consider that factor. The first question, is this, a pers- is this person godly? If that's not your first question, God is not your value. If you meet somebody and the car they are driving trips you, God is not your value. No matter what they drive, if they don't know God, they will finish you. They will use you as boxing thing. If you don't make God your, to say, you, you want to marry me, I fear God, do you fear God? If we disagree, will there be boundaries in this home? Because you are going to disagree. You are going to have issues. Why? You are human. There is no perfect marriage anywhere. There are only human beings getting together. Each person has baggage they are bringing to the marriage. No matter how good you are, you have baggage. Just accept it. Don't deny it. Just accept that you have baggages. You have issues. You say, why? Because you are a daughter of Adam and a son of Adam. Adam had major issues. There was, they were, the family was dysfunctional. The, 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 what, the older child killed the younger brother. It's a dysfunctional family. We all came from Adam. We have issues. We tell lies. Not because we want to lie. Because you are afraid of the truth. Because if they are going to do you, you say, I will repent later. There are all kinds of things. Listen, I don't need to fake it. I don't need to pretend I'm so perfect. You know you are not perfect. You know I'm work in progress. You are work in progress. Let's, let me not present this gospel and say, because I've got, I, I gave my life to Christ more than 30 years ago, I have arrived. Paul said, I still strive towards the mark. So when you're getting married, 
They are marrying a dysfunctional man. He looks proper, proper, proper. He's very well groomed. He just bowed his head before coming to see you. That's why he looks like that. But it's okay. It's okay. It's Pastor Freddy, but it's okay. Nobody, but it's okay. It's okay. We come to church. We look our best. We look our best. It's okay because we are we are honoring God. But because you are not perfect, and you're not going to marry a perfect person, it's extremely important that you both fear God. Because there'll be days that without the fear of God, you're going to be mean to each other. That's why homes break up. You have to have boundaries. God must be your value. And this God being your value, believe me, it's not automatic. You have to work it into your life. You have to train yourself. How? In your quiet moments. You have to say to God, I love you. Not because of what you do for me. I love you because you're good to me. I love you because I'm alive because of you. I love you because without you I can't breathe. I love you. I wake up and I get out of bed. I know I take it for granted. I love you because it's only you that makes it possible. You have to love God because he's God. But not just love him. You have to love him with all that is within you. You saw the scripture, Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. You have to learn that scripture. He He told them, teach your children this scripture. You have to teach yourself to love the Lord your God. With what? With all your what? And all your everything. Your intellect, your body, your strength, your everything. You train yourself that way. So, we talk about purpose, we talk about life. What other values should you have? The will of God should be supreme. Will of God. This is a concept that your generation may not like very much. Because when I grew up, there was so much teaching about God's will that we married by the will of God, not by the look on the face. And it's kind of tough. It has downside and upside. The downside is that it means that people, that attraction to each other was not top priority. And yet you know that you must be attracted to your spouse to stay married to your spouse. Because if you're not attracted to whom you marry, you're going to be attracted to whom you didn't marry. And that's called adultery. And it's a problem. Because marriage is for a lifetime. It's going to be a lifelong struggle. And that kind of struggle can send anybody to an early grave. It's not a good struggle. So, but you must consider the will of God. I don't have the time today to say what does it mean, the will. But I will just explain it. Will, what does it mean? Will, will. If God has a plan for you, God wants to be involved in whom you marry. You will make the final choice, but he will make his little impute. That is little impute is massive. Why you make the final choice is that you live with your spouse. God will not live with your spouse. You will live with your spouse. So you have to choose your spouse. Man, male, you understand the point? You can't, you can't tell your spouse, I chose you because God asked me to marry you. No, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. No, 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 no. no. You have to marry them because you like them. Okay? So, what I mean, so, therefore, what I mean by the will of God is that don't forget to ask him. Don't say that I just go around, I find a good person, I choose them. It doesn't matter. No, no, no. That could be a recipe for disaster because the reason you choose them can fade away. But the will of God will not fade away. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but your word abides forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. All good things will fade away. Even the fashion of this world is passing away. I know you're young, 
But if you understand, if you want to understand fashion, ask your parents what car they drove or what car was driven in Nigeria 20 years ago. When I was growing up, in my formative years, there was a car called Santana. It was advertised. The advert says there is nothing more to add. The advert for Santana. <laughs> nothing more. Bro. <laughs> Bro, see, we are of the same generation. We know each other. That Santana is so, is gone for good. It's gone forever. It's gone forever. Listen, the things that are tripping you today will be gone in the next 10 years. And some of them will not come back in your lifetime. Be careful what motivates you. Be internally motivated, not externally driven. Be motivated from within you. Work on yourself. Brethren, brothers, sisters, friends, I want to just stop in a moment to say to you, I can't say much more than I've said because of time, but this I say to you, that be patient with life. Patience is a virtue. Don't let what's going on around you with your friends affect you. People are going to get married at different times. Your friend's timing for marriage is not your time. It's not your time. You can be chief bridesmaid seven times. It's not a curse. God is just training you for the real thing. Listen, seven times can be in one year. So don't think seven times means seven years. I didn't say seven years. I just said seven times. Mathematics, seven times. It can mean seven months. Your, se your friends can get married one after the other in seven months. And your chief has made for all of them. And you're not yet married. That shouldn't make you think, what's wrong with me? There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You are just living your life. Enjoy being single because you are single only once if you live right. If you are single more than once, you didn't live. Well, let me put it, let me not put it that way. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me, let me not put it in a way that makes me look good or perfect because I know I'm work in progress. What I mean is that if we get it right, and that is loaded, you know, I'm not a judge, I'm human like you. What I really mean is this. Enjoy being single. Many married people want to be single. Most single people want to be married. There's a problem. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. <laughs> enjoy being single. I encourage you today. Take yourself out and enjoy yourself. Enjoy. Enjoy enjoy your singlehood don't postpone your future listen don't keep thinking when I'll be married you will be married you will marry if you desire to marry you are going to marry so prepare for the marriage and part of that preparation is enjoy yourself you are commanded only to love your neighbor including your future spouse as only yourself the reason people don't love their spouse they have never loved themselves Love yourself. Before I used to say, buy juice. They say it's not healthy anymore. Whatever it is you eat, enjoy it. Enjoy. Enjoy being single. And by the way, before Pastor Fede comes, prepare for your future. One of the reasons marriages don't always work out 
it's not because people are devils. It's because sometimes the participants didn't really prepare for it. You prepare for almost everything in life. If you take jam without preparing, you will fail. Even if you're intelligent, you will fail. You have to understand the syllabus. You have to choose subjects. If you go to school, college, university, whatever you call it, and you don't go to classes and take lectures, and just show up for the exam, you're not going to make it. Many people just show up for the exam of marriage without the preparation for marriage itself. And they don't make it. You say, how do you prepare? Oh, that's a total class by itself. I even have a whole curriculum on marriage preparation. I'm sure pastor knows. Okay? And that's not to, to say anything more than that. What it, but I'll give you some tidbits here. Just the fact that even if it's not a perfect curriculum, which I know it's not, it's just I sat down to think that people should prepare. That's the point I'm making. People should prepare for marriage. They should prepare. And also prepare for life itself. Give God the opportunity to make something out of your life. You are here for a reason. It's not always about yourself. You're here to add value to humanity. It's not always about your net worth. Money will always be important. But I tell you something. Anything you do only for money is corruption. Because the destiny for which we are created for is that which you are willing to do even when money is not involved. The thing that God made you to do in this life. Most people's hobby is their destiny. The thing they call their hobby is why they came to this earth. It's not just money will always be important. Of course, you know, without money, if you don't pay your rent here, you don't stay here. So, no confusion. There's no, I'm not confused about it. But I'm saying that destiny is superior. Some things are greater than silver and gold. The reason you are born is to bring God pleasure. It involves lots and lots of resources. But please, give God a chance in your life. Nigeria is going to be great because of you. Don't run from Nigeria. Run towards Nigeria. Nigeria needs you. People must pay the price. That price may not always be death, but it means development. You are part of the answer. My generation might not be the generation that transforms the country, but your generation cannot fail. We must keep doing what we are doing, laying the foundation. I want to encourage you today. Let God be your highest priority. No man that partners with God will fail. Make God your highest priority. I didn't say, do not enjoy your youth. I have to stop. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Pastor John. There's so much wisdom. You know, There's so much wisdom. Um, we'll take a couple of questions, right? Um, I know some of you are already hoping to take yourself out this afternoon. All right? Um, that's a good one. And may your hobby pay. May your hobby pay. So we'll take a couple of questions. Any? Call you the other mic here. Let's get the other mic. In this. And he spoke extensively on purpose. I mean, most people I know, people have been talking about, should I leave, should I stay? I mean, this morning... Yesterday night, I got a call from, um, they're not around, Cheesy and Uzo. And they're like, oh, Freddie, our papers are set. I said, oh, you set? Uh, we're going to Canada. I said, oh, I, uh, when? They said, uh, Saturday is it. I said, okay. Yeah, it's so close. 
Right, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, um, who is going to be left? But there is purpose here. There is purpose here. And thank God he spoke to marriage. Don't put yourself under the cultural pressure of trying to, trust me, people rushed into it, rushed out after a while. There was this post that came out last, um, I think in January, and the lady posted that about 4,000 um, divorce cases have been filed in Abuja. The, guy, the lady was wrong. She was lying. They're not up to 4,000, right? People checked. It's not up to 4,000. I don't know what the number is, but I don't think it's nearly 4,000. It's too early. January. That's, there, there's something fundamentally wrong from that data. But my point is, it's possible when people are not building on the right foundation and you're using the wrong parameters. But Pastor John is someone who has been married for 20 years. A lot of wisdom. To keep a marriage working for 20 years, you don't do that with Telemundo. There's principles in the Bible that we're working with. So guys, please, we'll take a couple of questions. If there is none, we'll pray. But if you have a question or two, we'll take it. Pastor John is like, in what we're talking, you, you, you sort of like resolved. He seemed to have resolved for us completely. Right. Okay. We'll take, we'll, we'll take you. Money. Okay. Happy Sunday, everyone. Tell us your name. I like the hair. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name is Abisolak Badamosi, and this is the third time I've been to this church, and I really love it. Um, I hope I can word this properly, and I hope I can be open, because sometimes when I'm trying to love myself, I sometimes forget God. I don't know how um, I can put that together. Like sometimes I fast and then, you know, my main focus is God at the same time taking care of myself. And sometimes I forget myself and I focus on God. And then, then I focus on the things around me because I'm trying to ask God to heal me. At the same time, I'm trying to ask God to accept me while I'm trying to accept myself. My point is love is very tricky and God is love, which is why it's going to take us a very, very long time, I believe, to fully understand the type of grace, the unconditional worth that he sees in us. So how do we, um, well, how do I love myself at the same time and focus on God, basically? Why not <laughs> Something to say? Okay. Okay. Well, so the way to respond to that is that you're working a process. You're trying to find a balance. Um, loving yourself, loving God. What might not be clear to you is the fact that if you fast the right way, that means that you, you, you separate yourself from food, sometimes from drink, because you want to know him more. There's a lot that will be going on in you. It's a process. You wouldn't know that Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brought the increase. Transformation is going on, but because of the nature of human struggle, which goes on for a long time, we don't know how much we're changing. Um, so my counsel is this, is that you, you do not arrive overnight and certain things will not go away 
But if you have formed the habit, which means that you have a frequency, maybe it's once a week, maybe once in a while, but however you're prompted, make it even a daily occurrence. Practice what I would call the presence of God in the sense of God consciousness. Does that make sense? Just that, look, you didn't come to church to meet God. You brought church. You brought God to church. God is with you. It's not easy to, to be there, but just accept that God is with you. Right now, he's with you. If you don't feel anything, he's with you. Don't beat yourself up. God is with you. If you fail, dust your skirt and keep on going. God loves you. He's not going to love you. He already loves you. He loves you right now. You are the best you're ever going to be for God. All I was talking about is humanity. From God's side, it's perfect. You can never make God love you more than he already loves you. There's nothing you're going to do to make him love you more. He already loves you with all the love available. It's only you trying to understand that love. And I'm saying to you, he's with you. He loves you. Whatever is your weakness, whatever is the need you have, does not depreciate you. The value of a dollar is the same. It doesn't matter how you rumble it. Or, you know? So, just accept the love of God. And I commit you to God's hands right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. We'll take the last question and then we'll pray. You know, we've been doing a study on here called the Union Life. And essentially, we identify ourselves through God's eyes. One of the things I've learned about loving yourself is not necessarily in the way the world perceives self-love. Self-love, it's actually, first of all, seeing yourself as an expression of God. Self-love is first identifying yourself and seeing yourself through the eyes of God. God sees us as blameless and innocent, regardless of your past. If you're unable to see yourself in that way, your past will always catch up with you and drown your journey. God sees you not as your worst mistakes, right? He sees the future. He sees Christ in you. And can you see Christ in yourself? Because Christ has become your true self. All that is you. If God sees you, as he is in this world, so are you. Um, everything that is true of Christ is now true of us. He's beloved of God. He, he, he's one with God. We are one with God. All of you, as you stay on that consciousness, that Pastor John says, the God consciousness, dwelling on, not on self-consciousness, not on things consciousness, not on sin consciousness, not on the struggles, but on the, the divinity of God that you have now shared, and you've been included into that family of God. Stay there. Right? When someone was reading about your name is written in the book of life, who read it this morning here? No, Jaslo. I think it was Jaslo. He said his name is written. And, you know, I got something out of that scripture again. He said, our name is written our names have been written in the family book of God like we, we, we were invited to be part of the family like we say at the tribe you do not give God your life he gave you his life right you are included in the trinity like there is no distance no separation that is your, your, your posture right is it all you experience day by day not, not always the case but you stand with that consciousness and you go through the day so you are not just a human trying to have a spiritual experience you are spiritual just going through the human experience. So always dive back to your essence and your source, not from your human experience, but from the lens of Christ, the spirit, like Pastor John said, God breathed spirit into us. His breath, God, into flesh became alive. So at every point in time, identify with the spiritual side of you. Stay there. As you go through the battles of life, identify that you've overcome because Christ has overcome, 
right? Regardless of what it is, if you're going through seasons in your business or your career, stay there. The word is the answer. We speak the word, we chew the word, we speak the word back to the circumstances. We don't cry to our circumstances, we command them with the words, right? We, we identify with that. Last question. Ibuka. Okay, keep it simple. Praise the Lord. Um, I just wanted to, my name is Ibuka. Uh, I just wanted to ask a question on the scripture from Jeremiah when he said, um, before I formed you, I knew you. And I think Fede just touched on it now. Um, basically, it, um, it's almost like, I'm trying to keep it simple, Fede. Um, it's almost like when you, when you made the illustration of the movie that has, that has finished before it is released. So, how do you, how do you as a person, it's almost like trusting the process of the fact that that movie is finished before it's released. I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying not to overcomplicate it, but I, I hope it's. So, what's the question? <laughs> how do you trust the process? How do you? How do you the trust process. the process? How do you, how do you, how do you believe that it's, it's... And God understood that man will face that challenge. And he gave us an answer. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the comforter will not come. The only way to walk through that process is to partner with the Holy Spirit. He's our tour guide on earth. He's been there from the beginning. He knows everything. If we follow his leading, we will avoid all the challenges of life, in quotes. By challenge, what I really mean is you will not fall into traps if you follow the leading of the Spirit. This is big, and I hope Pastor Feli takes time, if it's part of either existing curriculum or teach it as a sermon series, that's one of the words God gave me coming here, and I never mentioned it because perhaps, even if I forget that, Ebuka will ask questions. Right? One of the thoughts when I'm saying, What am I supposed to share? Because I was given a loaded brief by Pastor Fede. So I read it, right? So, but that thought came to me yesterday, not today, and I didn't even mention it. The Holy Spirit. It's not how old you've been a Christian, it's just how well. What I mean by that is that you cannot even imagine the pleasure that will come to you in this life if as a believer you trust the Holy Spirit to guide you and you learn the art of listening to him or being guided by him as many as are led by the Spirit of God they are what? the sons of God what it means is that Jesus all that he did on earth was follow the Spirit the leading the instruction of the Father and in the power of the Holy Spirit and he said it's expedient for you advantageous is necessary that I go away for if I go away if I go not away he will not come when he comes he will instruct you he will teach you he will guide you into all truth he will be with you comforter means called by yourself parakletos so Ebuka that question is very important just like her question is important and in all honesty it's not something we can deal with here because for example most people here if not everybody if you're educated you're intelligent you've gone to school you know science you know this so 
you are building a business. Where is the role of the Holy Spirit in building the business? Is it a management decision? Is it a Holy Spirit decision? I want to hire somebody. Who should I hire? What is the role of the Holy Spirit? But those questions, you need to answer them. And if that's what you call Christian maturity, that means that somebody's in front of you, you are interviewing them for a job, and at the same time you are saying to God, should he work here? The CV is crisp. Everything great. Should he work? What you are asking is not whether he's competent. You are saying that what is his future with this company? Will he make or destroy us? And because you've not been to the future, you can't answer that mentally. And yet, if you trust God, you can have a CV, a perfect CV, and God says, don't hire. And you don't need to ask him why, because that's a foolish question. Just obey. Okay. And that's why, remember I talked about marriage, and I said, God, a value. So somebody standing in front of you, you're a young lady, and here is a potential spouse. You're friends. Fine. And then somebody's considering marriage. You're saying, God, is he him? You're not saying, is he smart? You're not saying, is he tall? Is he handsome? You already know those things, right? You already accepted the person. You're already maybe even attracted to the person. You're just saying, is it him? When you ask that person, what you're really saying is that 50 years from today, if we're still alive, we will be married. We will be friends. That question, only the Holy Spirit can really answer it. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. So, um, he landed where God was actually taking me and one of the, we will pray. But I want us to, two prayers, but particularly for people who don't have the infilling of the Spirit. I can guarantee you, your Christianity will, the most transformative aspect of our Christian experience is the deposit of the Holy Spirit in us. And we live life from there. We, we read from Romans 8, um, 9, uh, 14 to 19. It says, For them who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. We're not called to be led by our senses or the flesh. We're not called to be led by trends. We're called to be led by the Spirit. And if that Spirit is not co intimately cultivated with, and you live from that place, you will struggle, make mistakes that are avoidable. But today I want us to pray. Let's close our eyes. And for as many of us here that it's still at the point where the Spirit is, we, we don't have an feeling. We don't identify with that. Please, let's rise up. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. That today that deposit will come. That baptism will be experienced even here. If there's any gift we'll give to you today, it will be the feeling of the Spirit. And perhaps you've worked a journey where you feel disconnected. That you, you, You're just going through life through your strength. Please rise up. Let's pray with you. Start to them. They're almost done. I, I know that I stopped abruptly. Um, I was also trying to be timely and courteous. Um, I want to pray for us. Especially those in the crisis of purpose. But generally for every one of us under the sound of my voice. The Bible says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness. This morning, I pray for you that the reason you were born will be bathed in you afresh. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that it will not be difficult for you to live a purpose-driven life. In the name of Jesus Christ, every confusion of the mind, let there be clarity. Let there be clarity. Let there be clarity. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that God will visit everybody in this room in a fresh and new way. 
may his presence be made manifest afresh in your life. May God give you clarity. That distinct clarity that can only come from the function and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why we recognize that it's a work of faith? I pray that you will have encounters, visitations, experiences that will put you on the path of your travel in the name of Jesus Christ. If there's anybody here this morning and you've battled with this, you're asking questions, where should I go? What should I do? Should I move? May God answer you speedily in the name of Jesus Christ. May you hear the word of God from heaven in the name of Jesus. This specific word for you. Oh God, oh God, may God speak into your life in the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, I speak to you by the word of the Lord. Let there be steadiness in the name of Jesus. Be still and know that he's God. Let there be stillness over you in the name of Jesus Christ. Be still, be still. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.